Oh my. Uh, Cody, right? Yes. I'm Eddie. Nice Eddie? to meet you. Yeah, yeah, cool. I was like, I had to do some, I was like, I want to at least listen to a few episodes and make sure that I know his name. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate mm. that, that you would take the time to listen. Of course, man. It's your art, so. I've never yes. heard it been put that way, but yeah, that is kind of true, I guess. <laughs> yes. yeah, um, I literally, I don't know, just tell me where I was about to, I'm a little high, well, so this could go anywhere, man. <laughs> Dude, it's it's totally fine. I, when, when I do my episodes at night, when I, uh, when I, well, any any time at night, I'm, I'm usually drinking some sort gotcha. of, some sort of whiskey, so I'm totally um, down for under the influence episodes. Well, uh, like there's this, really good like legal hemp place here in chattanooga and like it's really good weed man (laughs) it's it's not diet weed it's like it's well it's like just hiring different cannabinoids so it's like thca instead of delta non-thc i don't know how much you know about cannabinoids but um i i know what i've seen in like shitty netflix documentaries but gotcha. <laughs> but the, so, yeah. the 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 cult the cultivation and the effects of weed have always fascinated me yeah for sure um so you are what what do you because i uh, i i haven't delved super deep i've listened to all of your music um but you that's about and, all there is <laughs> you you and your buddy what do, what do you what do you do um, so I am the singer, guitar player, um, and uh, at least on the lyric side, songwriter for Dope Um The music is a little bit of both of us. Uh, typically, I'll bring riffs to practice, and then you know we'll bounce stuff off of each other from there. And then your your drummer, what's his name? Scott Kyle. Scott. And uh, yeah. so you guys are 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 a two piece. Yep, just two of us. Um, Partially just to keep it simple, um, but also it's a lot easier to coordinate with one other person instead of five. So <laughs> I understand that, man. I, um, I had on a band from uh, uh, Pennsylvania not that long ago, and they're called. Um, oh Speaking my God. Tongues, I, was, yes. I, was, I looked at that episode earlier. Yeah. yeah. I, was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like looking through your episodes. And I was like, Where's the other musicians at? Because I'm sure shit, not a bodybuilder. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, I've I've been super lucky in in the fact that I've I've gotten such a wide a wide range of bands, um, and you're you're definitely the first um, two person band that I've that I've had on. Uh, so, you guys just have vocals, guitars, and vocals, guitar, and drums, drums correct? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, like when we record. Like, obviously, we'll throw bass tracks on there. Um, like, the single that we just put out, Folk Magic, my friend Todd from uh, this band called Stone Man in Atlanta played bass on it. So, like, usually there's, in the on the recording side of it, there's bass tones uh, in there. But live, it's just me and Scott. Yeah, that's, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you, too, because um, when I was listening to your music, you guys don't, there's it is you can hear the the deeper tones of the bass so i didn't know if maybe when you guys were doing a concert you like play down a pre-recorded uh bass riff or bass track i'm sorry no it's uh actually my guitar tone is like not as i would say probably in the higher registers as it is on the record when i play live um so it's like 
I run a split signal into two different cabs and two different amps. And so one of them is like a deeper signal that I actually run an octave pedal, a down octave pedal to. So it's not really bass, but it's almost there. Does that kind of make sense? Like, yeah. And that, um, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So there's a lot of like nerdy thinking and turning and tuning knobs that got me to the dope scum sound. That's five. One of the best things about, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the best things you could do uh, for, for anything that you're super into is, is find a way, you know, that's, that's, that is, that's the, that's why I got into strong, man. That's why I, I predominantly uh, like listen to punk or anything indie related is like, yeah. there's always a DIY element to it. And I appreciate the hell out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, I don't know. I mean, like I've been playing music. I mean, I got my first guitar at 13 and then started my first like punk band at 16. Um, and then pretty much I've been playing a lot like music out since then to some degree. Uh, now my tastes have changed uh, up and down <laughs> as I've gotten older, but um, yeah, man. So I, but it was always like, just do it yourself. You know, like I didn't, I wasn't going to ask anybody if I couldn't do it myself. So that's, that's extremely respectable. And <clears throat> you guys, the sound is extremely like there was, um, man, I can't remember which song I was listening to, but it was on your EP and it, there was one, one riff that got hit. There was like one section of the song. And I was like, this is sludge. Like <laughs> this, this is absolutely like, in your description, what does it say? Appalachian uh, it's in sludge metal sludge. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, there's that sludge. And yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it just, it all clicked right there. I was like 1000%. This is exactly what sludge means. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people and sorry, man, if I'm just like bouncing all over the place, I, like I, I want you to and, bounce all over the place. Okay, okay. Um, so like a lot of people affiliate sludge metal with like new Orleans, like that's essentially where a lot of people would say that it originated from with, you know, like Acid Bath and I Hate God, Down, Crowbar, like all those NOLA bands. And so I was like, well, we're not from NOLA, but we're from Appalachia. So let's just call it Appalachian Sludge Metal and be like, it's our thing. It's my, you know. Um, and so, yeah, that was just like, I'm just going to put a different descriptor in front of the genre name and say, this is what we are. Um, so, yeah. That makes perfect sense. And if there's, if there's any like section of the country that is equally as like witchy and, and cryptid uh, sort of haunted is comparatively to new Orleans would be Appalachia. I mean, yeah, man, I never really thought about that. So you just said that, but there's like stuff like apparently there's scientists that have found out that there's caves in Appalachia that are like older than bone. Like there wasn't even bone created yet whenever those caves were formed. And like how deep they are it's like like that's a long fucking time ago dude <laughs> oh yeah 100 like percent. you know um yeah that's just crazy though but that and now that you, and you said that it's like they're in obviously the genre that we're in there's like doom metal sludge metal stoner metal at all kind of i don't know people use those terms kind of interchangeably um but a lot of those people are like rotten not a lot of them but like the when they talk about like mystical shit or like 
fantasy type stuff it's like always is like dragons or i don't know just like crazy weird shit and i'm like man do you know how much crazy weird shit is like here like in, yeah. the, in these hills and like not even that it's like also if you get into like indigenous culture like the cherokee and stuff i mean they had like myths creation myths and all this other stuff and like there's some wild shit in that stuff that you could write songs about <laughs> yeah it's that's so when i saw the title folk magic I immediately correlated it with Appalach. Like I was like that it's another one of those things that just made absolute sense. Like there's your, your band just makes so much sense. The culmination of what you guys have, uh, have done. Um, I don't know. It's super, super interesting. And uh, yeah, thanks, it, man. It, it almost gave me um, at least the folk magic part and the idea of it all almost gave me like Nick cave vibes. I, I, I'm not a, a huge Nick Cave fan, but I can see that. Definitely, yeah, I, I can 100% see that. I'm, like, I'm not either, but I, I respect him for the artist that oh, he is. 100%. 100%. So going into other artists, who do you guys most draw inspiration from? Even if it's not another band, if you draw it from your surroundings or, or pop culture or even underground stuff, uh, sure. what influences you guys the most? Um. Well, I won't speak for Scott. It's kind of funny. We have we have very few similar interests, at least when it comes to music, like influences, very few similar ones. But everything that we <clears throat> like is like close vicinity. Is that kind of make, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like they're not a few. They're just a few degrees away from each other. Um, yeah. So like for me, obviously, there's like hard 80s hardcore punk rock was like a huge influence on me. Um like I saw the documentary American Hardcore when I was like probably 15, 16. And that shit just like changed my whole shit. Cause I was just like this alternative kid, I guess, in this very rural community and felt misunderstood. And it was like, I saw this documentary about these kids in the eighties that just started this whole punk rock DIY scene. And I was like, this is fucking insane. Um, and so that shit really changed me. So definitely like old eight, like the eighties, hardcore punk, um, a lot of like old time music, which is not bluegrass, but like it predates bluegrass. <clears throat> um, and then, hey man, can, like this, I'm 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 so sorry. There you go. My two year old just got out of bed. Okay. So give me just a second. I'm so no, no, sorry. No, go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. All right, I'm back. I'm I'm so no, sorry. You're good. My two year old no, no, just was... taking a nap right now. Well, I knew I was like, I know when you were like, here's the times that I have to, like that are available. I was like, yeah, he got to put that kid down at some point. You got to get yeah. it in at nap time. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> so nah, so dude, it's all good, man. <laughs> so you were talking about um, you were saying about bluegrass was one of your influences. So, um, yeah, again, for me, it's like, uh, like I said, 80s hardcore punk. Um, so like Black Flag, Minor Threat, Circle Jerks. Uh, descendants so then poison idea i really like poison idea a lot um <clears throat> and then like i said old time music definitely has an influence on dope scum these are all more like influences on dope scum i would say um but like when i say old time it's not it's not the bluegrass that you think about it's like it predates bluegrass um it's kind of like the carter family was kind of old time like they when they started recording stuff is whenever that old town stuff blew up which we could talk about later i could talk about that shit all day too um and then like sludge stuff 
uh, Weed Eater, Bongzilla, like those are probably my two favorite sludge bands. Um, That's so crazy and, because Bongzilla popped up under you might also like on Spotify mm, when I was yeah. listening to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wish it was opposite. I wish we would pop up on Bongzilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's the, that's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's at least for me. Um, I know Scott has a lot of jazz influence. Um, and like he's from around Detroit originally. So he has a lot of that like stuff that came out of Detroit. Um, oh, like Mo- Motown and, stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and so then he has just like heavier <clears throat> stuff. Um, and I like Helmet's one of his favorite bands uh, that he likes and stuff. And we actually, I never listened to Helmet till like we, him and I had spoken about it, but we had multiple people tell us that we sound like Helmet live. And so then I was like, I really don't see it. Um, but apparently some people think we sound like Helmet Live. So that's uh well, I mean, I guess that's a compliment if that's one of the bands you guys <laughs> listen to, you know. If <laughs> I'd be I would always I'd be like, well, I, I kind of want to sound like dope scum. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but I, I mean I'm like cool, like Helmet is a successful band, they're influential. It's like cool, man, like. I don't know. I'm just like really doing my thing. You know, it's not like I'm like trying to sound like somebody. Right. Um, and well, and also it, it speaks to the quality of the music you guys play when you can have a, a band that's, that's well-known among the genre, you know, com- compared to your music. Right. Exactly. Like I told my wife the other day, it was like, I feel like I'm actually, I'm finally like almost like making the music that I'm supposed to make with Dove Scum. Cause it is like all of my influences like combined into one thing. Um, so yeah, it's like kind of Southern, kind of heavy, a little bit raw. Like, I don't know. It just kind of sums up my influences when it comes to uh, on the music side for sure. So are you originally from Tennessee? I'm from North Georgia, like an hour South of Chattanooga. So okay. not Tennessee, but pretty much it's the same culture if you want to get like technical <laughs> but uh but there's yes there is a state line that i did not grow up in the state of tennessee yes how long have you lived in chattanooga so um we've lived here for two years now um we lived we were living back in north georgia and we were just kind of like being all off just wanted something different and we always liked chattanooga so we were like let's just move up and we got lucky and found a house and so yeah, just two years now. But like when I was when we were living in North Georgia, like we would come up for shows. Um, but it is a lot different living in the city. Like now I can go to local shows on like a Tuesday, you know, and see bands. So, yeah, that I uh, I live in Clarksville, just an hour north of uh, not even an hour, like 45 minutes north of Nashville. Right. And um I, I I enjoy living here because it's very close to a, a lot of things, but I, I would much rather be in Chattanooga than Nashville because it's like <clears throat> you get sort of this, you get the city feel of Chattanooga without all the road construction and congestion of, Nash, of Nashville. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I've noticed a lot of my friends that I've made at first were not Chattanooga natives. Like it was all like this, folks that had moved within the last like year and a half, two years, like, um, and then as I went, started going to more local shows, there were more folks that I met that were like grew up here and stuff. But 
Um, there, uh, I say that to say there are definitely people moving to the city, like moving to Chattanooga um, fairly regularly now. It seems like everybody everywhere is kind of flocking to Tennessee, and it's, yeah. it's a bit <clears throat> frustrating <laughs> because <laughs> – you know, and it's not like it's not like your situation, like where you move from North Georgia to, to Chattanooga. It's like we're getting people from California moving all the way over. Yeah. I'm like, yo, yeah. go stay in California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yeah. flee. Go make it better. <laughs> yeah, that's a, another thing, too, that I noticed is a lot of like California transplants. And I actually I know people that were Chattanoogans that moved out to California that have now <laughs> moved back. Um, there's like multiple folks that I know that was Scott's that's not his case but he moved back for like with a friend of his that was from here that had moved out to LA like Scott and his friend met out each other out in LA so they he just came out here with him so yeah it's there's there's no such thing as as California dreaming anymore (laughs) unfortunately it's so funny because like I've I've actually never even been to Los Angeles but hearing scott like how he'll talk about when he was playing music out there and just how crazy it is and then like we had a show locally in town he's like man it's so crazy that i can get to the show in 15 minutes and then play the show and be back home in 15 minutes he's like if it was the same distance in la i'd be like well we're not getting home till 5 a.m in the morning because oh of traffic. my god <laughs> no that's i was watching um, that movie this is the end last night and um, that's the with like Franco and all of them. Yeah, Seth Rogen, James yeah, Franco, Jay yeah. Burchall. I there was uh it was when Jay was trying to convince like everybody like this is the rapture, you know, Book of Revelations, and uh, he was like the Hollywood Hills are literally on fire, and Craig Robinson was like that's hills, man. Like you know, I could <laughs> I could I could get across that in fifteen minutes, and I'm like wow, like how the times have changed. Like that was back in like 2012, 2013. Now that's a, any, any day out in LA from what I understand, I've also never been in LA. Luckily Um, that's an all day, an all day thing. You might as well make a Sunday out of going to the store. Yeah. Yeah. The things that again, I'm saying I've never had the experience, but Scott has definitely been like, man, you just take for, it would just take forever to get to places and go do like, go, like especially playing gigs because you got to get there early to get your stuff there and i was just like yeah man that sounds pretty frustrating oh yeah absolutely um so the 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 show that you guys were playing most uh was it last weekend um you guys were in a big tent what was that about um so there's like this thing in chattanooga called main by 24 where they like they uh, in quotations open up main street for 24 hours it's more like 18 because it's like 8 a.m. to about 3 a.m. And then after 3 a.m., they're like, get the fuck out, go home. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, they, and then they can't serve alcohol after 3 a.m. either. At Anyways, but so like everything opens up super early and like obviously it's like family friendly stuff. Um, and then a lot of local bands will play just in that Main Street area. There's like two or three bars that kind of kind of cater to more like heavier stuff and just like, I don't know, alternative if you want to just use that term but um boneyard the place we played at they were doing music from 8 a.m to till until 3 a.m and so they had two stages set up where you'd like be outside and be inside be outside be inside <laughs> the it just happened to be that the tent that they put outside was like a wedding tent and so it, like all the pictures <laughs> so like we're playing this wedding and like a wedding reception which is like kind of funny but um yeah man it was really cool like 
there's so many good bands in Chattanooga and like all, a lot of them are there. Um, and then there's a rapper here called Wachi Tut and like, I've never seen, I haven't got to see him live yet and it was a lot of fun. He closed out the knot. So yeah. That sounds really awesome. Do you, do you guys have yeah. bands? So how, how often do you play shows? In Chattanooga or just in general? In, in general, like how yeah. often are you, are you able to book a venue? Yeah, like here, I mean, in Chattanooga, we probably play like once a month. We got to take the last few months off just to, we had the single come out and then we were actually not planning on playing any December shows. And then the main by 24 thing came up and that was kind of one of those like don't miss this opportunity um, situations for at least locally because there's just so many people out. Um, and then we have another show coming up on the 30th. But um, yeah, like typically I'm not booking shows in town. Like I'm not trying to actively book them. We know enough folks that like if somebody needs us to jump on a show, that's typically what we'll do. Um, and then for out of town stuff, at least this past year, we were trying to do at least a weekend or a month. So, um, like do, I don't know, Knoxville, Johnson city, come back home, Knoxville, Asheville, come back home, Birmingham, Atlanta, come back home, like that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't know, like last year was probably at least three times a month. So, um, because we both have jobs and stuff still, like we're not, obviously we're not full-time musicians, uh, so like we just try to book and schedule stuff around that. Man, that's that sounds awesome. I mean, you guys have the opportunity still. Like there's a there's enough around you to where you can kind of branch yeah. out a little bit farther. Well, and I know like a lot of our friends' bands that tour and stuff, they'll they'll do like way what way bigger tours than we do. Um, but with us, obviously, like I said, we have jobs and stuff, but it chattanooga has a lot of stuff within like four hours like there's a like a decent amount of cities and especially if you get out to like six and seven hours like you could i we i could probably book us a a two-week long tour and stay in the southeast and like hit enough cities and never leave like it go as far north as kentucky and then like maybe south south georgia north florida there's just so much in this little area places you can go but for us it's like knoxville's an hour and change away nashville's two ish atlanta's two ish birmingham is two ish Asheville, johnson city's not far like there's a lot i guess there's just a lot of places within like a four mile or a four hour radius that you can just hit uh fairly easily on a weekend yeah it's it's super fortunate too that it seems like and and i may just be ignorant because i've i've more recently gotten into actually going to shows at smaller venues um but it seems like more people are pushing for smaller venues as, as time goes on, people are almost, they're, they're favoring them more. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I, obviously the, it's funny because I got started being able to play venues that when I saw bands, like I, when I was a kid, I'd be like, Oh man, they're playing at uh, the highway in Johnson city. And like now my band is able to, and able to play, that in Johnson city of the highway, but like that, those are just like these underground clubs that have just kind of been there for a long time. Like those are pretty much the places that we're, we're booking at. Like they're more like the staple underground clubs, like the Nick in Birmingham, um, the Hottaway in Johnson city, uh, JJ's here in Chattanooga. Um, I'm trying to think of other places that we've played at, uh, that are more along that lines, but, like those places are just, I don't know, like they're kind of like the venue that you're talking about. They've always been there and 
some of the smaller bands or like mid-level tier bands will play there you know what i'm saying like yeah i hate god i hate god will hit those places like weed eater will hit those types of places sometimes um i don't know but i agree with you like i i'm not a i first off i don't like arena shows like at all it just feels so disconnected um but like i don't know here we have the signal which is we have the signal and then memorial auditorium in the tivoli uh, but the signal would bring. Uh, I'm trying to think of who just like Megadeth just played there, like oh, those wow. tier level bands. Um, so it's really cool, but they don't let locals open up for shows. <clears throat> it's and 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 that is extremely unfortunate too because I yeah. <clears throat> I was happy I went and saw um, and I agree with you I I don't prefer um, big arena shows, but I I did go see Red Hot Chili Peppers recently. Nice. And uh, I was I was happy to see Thundercat open up, like super good bass player, not super well known. Did some stuff with like Mac yep. Miller back in the day, and um, I was like, wow, okay. So at least like not a lot of people were there, but at least someone like him is getting to open up for someone like Red Hot Chili Peppers. But then like I mean, but let's not like rot off the Chili Peppers as like <clears throat> you know, like there's still a that's a that. That's a real band, you know. Oh what I'm no, saying? Like, that's, for yeah, sure. You know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like the one of the most. I mean, it, I think they're they got rated like the most famous rock band of all time, or something like yeah, that. Not surprised. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, but to see Thundercat on the same bill as them was is, it, hopeful. I guess is is a word for yeah. it. Yeah. Was um, that a? Did the Strokes play that too? They they did, and they were really yeah, good. Yeah. Where were, where did you see that at? Uh, Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Oh, gotcha. They, I was the only reason I asked my sister in law and her boyfriend saw that same bill, but in Atlanta. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Cause I was like, when you said Red Hot Chili Peppers and then you said Thundercat, and I was like, I bet the Strokes are on that too. Cause I, my, they, after they, they went and saw, cause she's a huge Strokes fan. And so after they saw it, they're like, man, you should check out Thundercat. And like, it's funny, like, he just keep the, his name just keeps popping up around me and I still have yet to listen to it. <laughs> He's what? he's his music is very niche, but his his bass lines are he's like the Jimi Hendrix of of bass. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> um, um, but I on on the on the flip side of yeah, it's it's cool to see bands like Red Hot Chili Peppers and everything. But I went to go get merchandise, and their shirts were fifty dollars a piece. I'm like yeah. for a T-shirt, and I'm like, there's no, there's absolutely no way. But then I go to somewhere in Nashville, like um, the basement. And mm-hmm. I go, I went there to see the chats and um, I ended up discovering two other bands that I really like. And I got merch from all of them for yep. like 80 bucks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you got like two or three t-shirts, the CDs, you know, yeah, like I got, I got, I got <laughs> like, two, I got like two shirts, two vinyls and a, and a tape. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. The, I don't know, man, that's pretty much like the only types of shows that, um, going to on a regular basis uh just because i don't know it's just more real uh like it it's very personal and i don't know i most of those folks like some of them make a living you know playing music but like they're not they're just real people like expressing this art form Uh, yeah yeah and and touring is how they make their money right so it's just like I, I understand 100%. Like I went to go, I went to a Molchat Doma show in Nashville and I went to the bathroom. I could have reached out and touched the basis on stage. 
Yeah. Like as I walk yeah. to the bathroom, I'm like, holy shit. Like it's, it's unreal. Cause <laughs> to me, those guys are like God tier musicians and they're playing this small ass venue in Nashville. Yeah. They're from Belarus. Like it's insane. Oh shit. Gotcha. Yeah. Like the, I'm a huge Lucero fan. I don't know if you're familiar with Lucero. They're like a, it depends on when you listen to them, but essentially they started off as a as a one of those like alt country bands. But they, to me, they're a rock and roll band like through and through. Uh, but like we, me and my wife have seen them I, I've countless times. But we've gotten to know the guitar player, and like they're the dudes that even when they play shows at like the Masquerade or the Tabernacle and and Atlanta. I don't know if you're familiar with those venues. But, like those are decent sized venues. Yeah, I've uh, heard of the Tabernacle before. Um, but like they're like the type of dudes that are just like hanging out at the show afterwards, like oh, that's they're awesome. just chilling, you know. And it's just like I don't know, like I looked up to that band so much, and then finally getting to know them and stuff. It's like I realized like everybody's just people, man. Like most people just want to talk to somebody and not have some like just either weird conversation or like aggressive conversation. Like most people are just everybody's just people. Like they put their pants on the same way you do, one leg at a time. Except like. for except for when when Red and Hot Chili Peppers do it, they produce gold records. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> right, but like you know, like at the end of the day, I don't know. Maybe I'm just I have like this weird thing, no, but it's like I, I know, people, like most people are just people, man. Like, yeah, I, I know what you mean because um, the way that I I kind of have the same view of like everybody puts their pants on the same, but the thing that I use is everybody has to run to the toilet to take a shit sometimes. Yep, exactly. You know, it's, there's, yeah. you know, every everybody has to do that the same as you. So it's like it's all just a matter of what you can do with your day versus what they did with their day. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, man. Like I, I don't know. That's uh, it's kind of like my dad would always say that shit to me, and I was just like, I don't understand. And then as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, just someone's, I don't know, like someone's financial stature or anything like. They're just people. I don't know. Yeah. And I think also as you get older, you, you start to deal with your own bullshit. You don't, you also don't necessarily have time to um, idolize, you know, yeah. and you, <laughs> you sort of realize we're like, you get out of the mentality of, well, you know, such and such probably never has this issue. Well, absolutely they do. They just have their own set of stressors. It's how you deal yeah. with it is, is what defines you as a person. Right. No, I totally agree. Um, <clears throat> I, it took me, I feel like a, I wouldn't say a long time, but like when I hit 29, 30, that was when I was like, all right, I'm, I am who I am. You know, like I was kind of like way more comfortable in the person that I am. And like, I don't know, just, I guess said comfortable. I, I, to be honest with you, I know the book that changed me was the subtle art, not giving a fuck. I was like, yeah, I don't know if you've ever read that book, but my, my wife like, has read it. I have it upstairs. Yeah. Um, it, I, it, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, don't be it like essentially for me it was like don't be a dickhead to other people but like i don't know haters are gonna hate kind of thing so like why give a shit and also why waste your time and energy on giving a shit about what they think so it's like the subtle art of not giving a fuck where it's like i'm gonna do what i want to do and i don't really give a fuck if you don't like it like cool then just don't fuck with it like, i'm just gonna keep doing what i'm doing <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> i i reached that point i think because i'm i'm 27 gotcha. um almost 28 and uh I think I hit that point maybe probably like last year sometime where I was like, you know what? I like, why do I care so much about certain shit? Like I, yep. all of a sudden I don't, I don't have the mental capacity 
to care about all this other stuff going on. I don't care if someone doesn't like what I'm doing. Like my wife the other day, she was like, you posted this comment on Facebook and you sound like this. I'm like, well, it was a joke. And I, <laughs> and, and, and I know that. And she was like, well, I don't know if other people are going to know that. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck what they think. Like, <laughs> I know what I meant. And yeah. but, I mean, my, I feel that my wife says my tone comes off like I'm an <laughs> asshole all the time. And I'm like, I know I wasn't being an asshole, so, you know, um, but she's like, man, you got to check your tone, dude. And I'm like, I wasn't being me. <laughs> like, I was trying to be a dickhead. <laughs> when, me, when me and my wife first got together, she put, she put me on the fact where she was like, you sound like an asshole. And I'm, I'm relatively monotone <clears throat> um, in my day to day. And when I was, when we were in our early twenties, still dating, I used to really pay attention to it. And then now as I've gotten older, I'm like, I just, I don't, I don't have the energy anymore to to, <laughs> to to care if people think I sound like an asshole. If you think I sound like an yeah. asshole, sorry about your bad luck. Yeah. Well, my thing is like, I know I'm a fucking cool person. Like I'm a good friend. I'm a good husband. Like if, if how I come off to you initially is you're <laughs> like, Oh, this is a dickhead. Like, <laughs> yeah. all right, cool. Like it's your fucking lost man. Like I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, so. it's- but like, I'm also the type of dude that's like, I'll, uh, uh, I definitely have like a, I wouldn't say tough love, but like if if I like if I'm like if I fuck with you about something, like I don't know, like I don't even know how to pick, like if I just kind of pick at you, like that means I really love you type of shit. But if yeah. I'm like not really yeah. doing that with you, it's just like we're on some surface level, like oh yeah, we're cordial and that's kind of it. But if I'm like fucking with you about something, like I don't I don't, I don't want to call anybody out if like well, yeah. some shit that I don't, you know what I'm saying. But it's like <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. how I show like love to other people is like kind of like just fucking with you like almost bit, almost you know? ma- making a joke out of their problems and then turning around and like providing the comfort that right. is needed yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah for sure 100 percent. you know yeah. and it's like sometimes you, <clears throat> yeah you got to be careful with that type of shit because like there's some stuff you got to read the room man you know oh like, oh yeah there's something that like you know you kind of you kind of fuck with somebody about something <laughs> and then you, they're like Nah, the the, uh, the the vibe changed, and you're like, ah, right, man, my bad. You know, just apologize for that shit. Own up to it, and then just apologize and be like, hey, I won't do that again if that's a problem for you. Like, oh, yeah, you know, no. I, I've, you I've know. had that problem since I was a kid, where it's like, I instantly like don't take something as serious as maybe someone needs me to, <laughs> and sort of make a that, joke dude. about it, or like there's un, unknown circumstances to you, and they're like, well, actually, uh, my aunt has cancer, and you're like, ah. Oh, fuck okay well uh sorry that i did that uh i'm gonna i'm gonna leave (laughs) because now i'm apparently uh the not 11 joke did not go over well on this thanksgiving yeah we gotta take a step back (laughs) it's uh it's it's a trait in my family i feel like my dad does the same thing where even i've like we've been in conversation with people and i've been like dad Come on. And he's like, <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for reeling me in. Oh, man. I totally feel that. But uh, damn, I don't even remember how we got on that. Uh, oh, the subtle are not giving a fuck. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, it definitely, I, to be honest with you, I think some self help books are trash. Like, oh, they all kind of just peddle the same shit. Um, and I hate being like, this book changed my life. But it definitely gave me a different perspective about things and like, I don't know. It made made me realize like not giving a shit what somebody else thinks doesn't make you a bad person. Like it makes them they're just jealous or like a hater for you know, like it doesn't make 
you a bad person to be like, fuck you. Like, I'm just not going to fuck with you. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I agree. Like, I think a lot of self-help books are just kind of like, like there was someone that was like at at my job. I I, I read a lot and they were like, um, well, I've probably read more books than you. And I'm like, well, you probably haven't, but okay. And (laughs) and she goes, I I read a lot of like self-help books and like, this is, I'm like, congratulations like what do you want me to say about that like i i, I truly don't care you're gonna tell me your zodiac sign next yeah <laughs> she, she, she she was a leo um oh, that way you tell you found out. <laughs> and uh i was just kind of like are we really gonna have like a pissing match from like who, who reads read the what most kind books of, yeah and she was like you should read more self-help books i said no i, I don't want to i i, I want to read like game of thrones and fucking whatever the hell Edgar Allan Poe, like, you know, and she was like, well, and it was almost like a high and mighty thing because she, she read certain books. I'm like, okay, I'm going to exit the conversation now. Like the one like quote unquote, like self-help book I read was like before Jordan Peterson was Jordan Peterson. Mm -hmm. Um, I read his um, 12 rules to life. Yeah. And uh, there was, there was some stuff in there. I didn't agree with like, um, I don't like anybody telling anybody what they are and are not. And yeah. one of the things he said in there was like, to anybody that thinks they're an atheist, uh, you're, you're not, you just simply aren't. And I'm like, well, that's very like definitive for yeah. a philosopher to say, but what, you know, yeah. whatever. Pretty, yeah. Pretty, that's pretty black and white there. That's yeah. Like, like it, <laughs> okay, sure. Like it, it, it depends on what you define as uh, godhood, I guess, but. It's funny but, that you call him a philosopher. That's how, that's your perception of him. Well, that is how he started out was teaching philosophy at. Oh, um, uh, was it? I knew that he was a, a Jungian or Jungian, Carl Jungian. Like I knew that he's a Jungian. So I, I just assume I take Jung as like a psycho- psychoanalyst kind of. Yeah. He said of like philosophy. Yeah. He's in the, the Jordan Peterson's. He was teaching philosophy and, and some other shit in, in Canada at the university of like Toronto right. or something. I don't gotcha. know. I don't know. I've never read, about him. I've never read Jordan Peterson ever. Like I've just watched some videos and we, him and I have very, 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 very different, uh, uh, ideological beliefs. <laughs> oh no, I, I agree. 100%. He's, he says some far-fetched things. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, I always refer to him as the lobster daddy. Cause he has that like thing in his book about the lobsters and there's like a lobster. Yep. That yeah. Always a bigger lobster or some shit. And I'm just like, man, this makes no fucking sense. Cause if there was 15 small lobsters that decided to gang up on the one big lobster, then your fucking ar- argument is no. <laughs> yeah. He, that, that whole thing is in the, in the vein of like, um, he's, he's, uh, I don't even know how to put this. He, it's a metaphor for like incels. Yeah, and that yeah. was it. It, it kind of seemed like a pointless chapter to me, where I'm like, I'm not a lobster, I'm a fucking man. So, uh, <laughs> I'm <but>, human. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the one thing well, I mean, that I he, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, it's one of, one of the things he did say in there that really resonated was treat yourself as someone that you're taking care of. Like, like I'm going to take care of my kids. I'm going to take care of my wife. Well, at some point, you got to step back. And and take care of yourself and make sure that yeah. you know you're you're happy in in your own head, and uh, that's like the one thing I remember from the book, other than him talking about his uh, his friend who couldn't get a job. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I've never read it. I just know the, the lobster story, and then 
Uh, like that, what you just said is a very, I, I mean, to be honest, you could have gotten that from somewhere else. I, I got that from like, just from other stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, it isn't like Jordan Peterson came up with that. Like, take care right. of No, yeah, that's uh, not know, a new like, idea, but the uh, way he packaged yeah. it, at least is at least the, the title of the chapter um was clean your room yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> pretty much yeah when you wake up make your bed make your bed i mean i'm not gonna lie when i have a clean house i do feel better mentally so oh yeah no there's I definitely always, some validity to that i i always say that my uh because i run my podcast out of my garage my gym is in here and everything um I always say that my garage is a represent is a physical representation of how organized my life is at the moment. Gotcha. I mean, it looks pretty organized from here. So uh, yeah, that's because you're <laughs> sit, sitting in front of the water heater. <laughs> there's, there's leaves all over the floor. We got bikes, camping gear. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I would just, Oh yeah. My, I just a wreck right now too. So I can't really say shit. <laughs> it's I uh, here. I'll, I'll give you. A, I'll give you a pano real quick. Like I just. Oh, no, nah, dude. Yeah, I, I you're just definitely downplaying this, it. Well, I know I cleaned up this morning, so don't let me fool you. <laughs> it's. I was like, I thought it was gonna be like insane, and there was like all the stuff is totally put in its place. It has oh, a place to live. <laughs> there, there was. It was though. Like I had a two hundred fifty pound sandbag sitting in the middle of the floor where I was like, at the end of my workout yesterday, I was like, I'm not going to clean this shit up right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my biceps are sore. I'm not doing this. <laughs> You're like, I'll just wait until wait tomorrow until they're actually sore, sore. And yeah. Then pick it up. <laughs> yep, and, and I did. Yeah. No, I know that my garage is too messy when my son likes to play the floor is lava. Right uh, here. Yeah. He'll come in and I'm like, he's standing on like, a 2.5 pound weight with both feet. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, the floor's lava, dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, stop. Gosh. You're, you're, you're going to fall and smack yourself on the power. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's just funny. So, <sighs> so back, back to your music. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> uh, do you guys have any specific bands that you uh, generally will like sync up with and like you have good synergy with? Yeah, um, there's a few, I mean, like, a lot of the bands in Chattanooga, if you're kind of, like, in, I don't, know, I don't even know how to, like, the more underground stuff, like, heavier stuff, like, almost everybody, like, supports each other. It doesn't really matter if, like, obviously, we say we're a sludge band, but then there are some grindcore bands in town, and, like, we all just kind of support each other, like, death metal bands, and then even the hardcore bands, and anybody, I don't know, does that kind of make sense? Like those like heavier genres that aren't yeah uh, easily palatable. Like we all kind of just support each other. Like we're playing a sh that show that we have on the 30th is with um, some hardcore bands and like a death metal band from South Carolina. Uh, but yeah, so we have like locally, like I said, pretty much everybody, you know, tries to help each other out. Um, Atlanta, we have a few friends, uh, Big Oaf. Uh, Stone Man, who I mentioned earlier, Todd, uh, their bass player, me and him have been friends for, we actually went to college together. Um, and he, they've been a band for a while down there and they have some amazing albums that y'all should go check out. Uh, and then also uh, Day Glow Morning down in Atlanta. Um, those are all the like, probably the closest relationships that we have. Um, and Knoxville, there's like this our band, our friends Hag Bastard, um, 
and Johnson City area, we have uh, some friends in this band called Windrider. So, and all the ones that are from out of town are like from us going out of town and kind of meeting them. And then like being like, oh, we kind of got the same. You know, it's like, I don't know, we just met vibe with each other. You know, like it's like we're like, oh yeah, like you can just tell. And then we've just kind of made friends with them from there. <laughs> um, kind of. <clears throat> That makes perfect sense because uh, <laughs> every well, every band that I've had uh, has been more in in the niche genre. You know, like the first band I had on, um, uh, I'm blanking on every single band right now. <laughs> uh, uh, Daylight Society, um, they're a punk band from uh, the like uh, Pennsylvania State College area, gotcha. um, and. Uh, they play around like Altoona and stuff like that. And they also have bands that they like to play with. And, and they're very like um, old school, like, like exactly what you would expect punk to be. And not a lot of people are, are doing that anymore, you know? Right. So it makes the most sense for that, for the community to kind of band together and make sure that the genre lives on. Yeah. And I think at least for me, uh, going back to American, the documentary, American hardcore, like, Essentially, what they did in the '80s, like with a, like all the DC, the DC scene bands, and then the California bands and stuff. You just like, I don't know. Like for us, it's like if I'm going to Johnson City, I'm going to hit up Windrider. If we're going to Knoxville, I'm going to hit up the promoter that I know there, or I'm going to hit up Hag Bastard. Um, if I'm going to Athens, I'm going to hit up Dead Vibe, Dead Vibes Ensemble, or the promoter that's down there. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's kind of what they did. Uh, I mean, it's not just back then. I mean, it's what a lot of hardcore. It, it still is like that. You just know a band in a in a city, and you just hit them up. And be like, hey, can you get help us get a show out there? Like, especially here in Chattanooga, there's a few hardcore bands that like have toured nationally and stuff, and so they have a lot of connections with these like sick up and coming hardcore bands, and they'll you know like they're if they're going from. I don't know, it's Lexington to Atlanta, they can hit Chattanooga on a Tuesday and then 50, 60, 70 kids will come out because, like, they're just a sick, like, where they're like, oh, shit, Spy is coming here. Oh, shit, Jail is coming to uh, Chattanooga. And, like, I don't know. So it's really cool because, like, the guys that are in the bands here, they'll hit them up for shows or, like, jump on tours with them and stuff. So that shit's still definitely, definitely alive. I think when you're in this kind of you said niche genres it's like you make friends and you know people in towns that play the similar style of music to you as you if you're getting out of town um, so so when you're are you are you the main songwriter or do you guys um collab on a lot of lyrics so lyrically it's that's all me um and then as far as the music goes like i mentioned earlier typically what happens is i'll bring some riffs that I've got to like to practice and we'll play with them and see, you know, if, where Scott's head is at on stuff. And then that's kind of how our the music side of things work. Um, this is actually the first, one of the first bands where I focused more on music instead of lyrics. I'm like a huge lyrics guy. Like I like songwriting. I love the craft of songwriting um, and not, and uh, songwriting in the sense of like lyrics, uh, and so everything that I've done in the past, there was a lot of lyrical base for it. It was like, I don't want to say this about this. And then let's write music that fits that. 
Um, and with Dove Scum, it's different. It's like I'll just turn my guitar on and just start messing around and then record something on my phone and be like, all right, we're going to save that, take it to practice. And then the lyrics always come afterwards almost for the Dove Scum stuff. It's like, all right, well, what does this song kind of feel like? What What am I feeling? Like what I want to write about? Um, so, yeah. Does that, does that kind of answer your question? Like, I'm yeah. the lyrical side of it, and then me and Scott both work on the music side of it. But it's, it's you know, there's a, <laughs> we have a newer song that we haven't recorded yet, and that one was more of a collab on us and me being like, hey, what do you want to do? Do you have, like, a drum beat or something you want to play? And he's like, yeah, here's this drum beat. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let me sit here for, like, a few minutes and just keep playing that drum beat, and I'll come up with a guitar riff to play over it. And so, like, that was one of the first times where we, like, we actually just talked about this. We've never really sat and like jammed during practice and just seen what came out. Um, it's always been like me bringing something to the table and then us hashing it out from there. So um, yeah, like the musical side of it is definitely substantially more open. Um, and it's not that I wouldn't let Scott write lyrics. We've just never really talked about it, to be honest. He's been like, you can have the lyrics, man. I just play music. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, as, as uh, well, I'm not musically inclined one way or the other. Uh, I can keep basic rhythm, but writing song lyrics seems like such a daunting task uh, because it's like, like I, I don't understand the muse. I have, I guess I have no muse. So to, to, to talk to somebody who uh, like, I've never heard anybody be like, yeah, I fucking love writing lyrics. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a love thing. I just, for me, uh, this is going to kind of sound, I, I don't know if it'll sound weird or not, but it's like when I'm on stage, it's all eyes on me, hopefully, you know? And so it's like, if there's things in my day-to-day life that I'm like, hey, I want to talk about this, like I can write a song about it and actually talk about a topic in front of people where I, I kind of have their attention. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's usually, I mean, so I also do like this like country Americana thing too outside of dope scum and like a lot of those songs are like love songs and super depression type of stuff <clears throat> um with dope scum it's like i don't know i'll have a little bit more fun like we have a song mountain cur and like at on the surface it's about a dog but like it's actually about loneliness when i was writing it like i was like writing about loneliness i just used the metaphor of like this dog that doesn't have a pack like it's just out roaming by itself but um yeah i don't know like you just sometimes things will just come to mind when i'm playing the riffs and it'll be like something just hits me and it's like here's these lyrics that kind of fit and then i'm like all right well i want to just write that down real fast and then just keep coming back to it and i know it sounds cliche as fuck but there's a lot of times where i'm in the shower and something hits me and i'm like jumping out running to the guitar no i'm just kidding like i'm like something will hit me in my, in my head sometimes i'll grab my phone and be like you know like just like homing out whatever and then just I don't know, a few days later, come back and play it on guitar and then just start messing with it, man. I don't know. So one of the things uh, you said that part of your songwriting is, is talking about things in day to day. I've, I've heard about before um, journaling, which I I don't, I don't journal. uh, I don't either. (laughs) Well, it, but if you're putting it in song lyrics and you're putting it out there and all of a sudden, even if it's a metaphor, you correlate it in your mind with whatever you're writing down. And I've, I've heard it be said before, like once you write the problem down, you're the outside observer. You're now yep. not the person in the problem. You're the person observing the problem within your own life. Right. And so that's almost a form of, uh, 
I don't want to say like it, it's borderline meditation, you know. Uh, oh, it's it, funny that you said that because I was thinking <laughs> there's a few things you I was thinking about that earlier because like man I don't know what he's gonna ask me about and like a lot of the times dude it is very meditative um, especially when I'm writing guitar parts and stuff like it there's uh, are you familiar with the band Sleep? Do you know who Sleep is? I I I'm not but I will look them up. Gotcha. So they're pretty much the stoner metal band, but I'll, I think it's, I think it's, 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 I don't know how to say it. I'm really bad about saying how he says last name. Their bass player, he has this line that's like, or he has this quote that's like, if, if the riff isn't good when I'm stoned, it's not going to be good when I'm sober. And so like, but he's like very much like, it's very, I don't know, is tantric the right word where it's just like, I don't know, like if you can't really like kind of move to it like like the like a body motion to it i feel like for me like it's gonna be a trash riff like if you can't like especially for what we're doing it is very like slowed down droney like um stuff sometimes i don't know does that kind of make sense um yeah, it makes, but you were like talking about the meditation thing is like i, I was telling my wife the other day it's like sometimes when i'm in here playing guitar man i'm like i'm so far away in my head that i'm not right here yeah so i i under, okay so two things uh, <laughs> so I, I, uh, I pretend to play bass sometimes and, uh, it's, I, I'm not good. You know, I have no formal training. No, I literally just dick around and see what sounds good. And that's, fine. Um, that's what I do. So. And it's, I understand that because like, I'll be, uh, we recently moved my bass from the living room to in my bedroom. Unfortunately, uh, my wife said it doesn't make a good decoration piece. Um, so I sit on the floor, uh, almost with it, like an upright base and Mm -hmm. I'm plucking and moving on the frets and my kids will come in and they'll say something to me. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And I'm, I'm still looking at them like, okay, don't, don't like, I'm and they're like, dad, Dad." I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me get out of this zone really quick. Um, and then, oh shit. What was the second thing I was trying to say? meditate i was talking about meditative uh, oh like no the, the body, body movement. movement the body movement yes so i've never thought about music like that but it makes so much sense because if i go to like a new wave post-punk show i'm just kind of rocking back and forth that's yeah. that's like uh, almost like like a vampire yeah. bat you know yeah or you're like like well post-punk uh, uh, some like pogo into like you kind of like you can jump up and down a little bit if you want to yeah um, yeah like so like like the Smiths, like the Smiths right. and 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 the Cure, like the old Cure stuff. Yeah, okay. you uh, just like yeah, yeah. You kind of just do like a rocking thing, yeah. or you can bob your head. But then like if I'm hearing like you know sludge or 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 black metal, it, I kind of almost want to throw my body. Like I can imagine yeah. just move. That's that. It's almost like the deeper the sound, the like the more you want to go forward and come back dude yeah yeah <laughs> it's like yeah a, it's just it's very like i don't know i feel like i'm using the wrong word but it's it's very meditative it's like there's this band that, that if you're not familiar with sleep you're probably not familiar with this band either but sono um or sun i don't know how like i think their son sono is dance nonetheless i don't really listen to it but like that's their whole thing is like droned out like just one fucking note just loud as piss coming at you and like this whole I don't know. It's supposed to be more of a spiritual experience, I think. And like, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, man, we've used music. All we've done for music is try to get it to us as fast as possible. Like, think about 
beforehand, if you lived in a village and you didn't play music, you would have to go somewhere to find music. Like the communally, y'all would have to get together and people would have to make music. And so like fast forward, then we have, we, you know, obviously there's like concerts and these people and then we're like, oh, look, we can record this stuff on these vinyl, not vinyl records, but like the monograph stuff. And then all we've done since then is like, okay, well now I can put these headphones in my hand, in my ears and I have a phone that plays me music as soon as I want it. Like there used to be this very like communal cultural experience to music. And now we can just take it in by ourselves and not really share the experience anymore. And so I think that's where like live music that obviously brings that communal aspect back, but like you can feel it and like you want to move and like, you know what I'm saying? If that kind of makes sense. I get what you're saying because I'm, I'm the type of person that when I, when I get into something, I get really into it. So if, you know, if it's, if it's a new band, generally my friends have never heard of it. They're probably not going to listen to it. And it gets so frustrating because I want to talk about it because exactly music, music, <laughs> music should be a shared experience. So if I, I just discovered this new guy that's touring with like twin tribes, uh, harsh symmetry makes really good music. Or I hear you guys. I'm like, yeah, I've got this band coming on. You know, it's, it, uh, it's, 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 it's Appalachian sludge. And it's, it's so cool. And they're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, okay. you don't understand. Like, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's so frustrating. I told my wife, like part of my frustration, like I almost feel like my garage is like my, my creative spot. I've painted in here. I do my podcast, played music in here. And um, it's where I come and like, I get the most frustrated because I'm like, how do people not understand how yeah. awesome this is right here. It's almost like I'm giving yep. my, my music and my interest, the main character spotlight. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's the, it's the um, almost textbook, like um, uh, self-conscious uh, main character. How come no one can understand how awesome this is? Right. <clears throat> um, I totally feel that. I, I'm, I don't know if, do you listen to like any like country or like Americana? Not like I, radio country. Oh like, fuck no! I listen to like uh, Hank Williams, Hank the Third, Merle okay, Haggard, cool. like outlaw country. So more of the like old outlaw country stuff. Yeah. The stuff that I'm talking, about, I'm about to talk about is more. They call it indigo country, like on Spotify and stuff. But like Jason Isbell, like Drive by Truckers, um, Lucero would fall kind of in that space. But like to me, Jason Isbell is probably one of the best songwriters lyrically that may have ever existed to, and to me like his songwriting is just fucking phenomenal and like his story is insane and like i don't know like it he is probably my favorite songwriter um if i had to pick like a i don't know hank williams comes in and like i love hank old hank songs and i love towns van zant blaze foley uh but Isabel stuff, man, I go back to it so much. Like I go back to Jason Isabel so many times. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like when I'm just like, oh, I'm just gonna turn something on. It's probably gonna be a Jason Isabel, some Jason Isabel stuff. Like his songwriting is just, I don't know, man. This shit hits deep. <laughs> yeah, I understand that because I'm, I'm a very, I'm a very, um, it, it's 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 a weird contradiction because I'm I'm hard pressed to show emotion in and a lot of shit, but I'm, I'm a very emotional person. Um, yeah. And part of that, what, what I've discovered since I've, I've been in, I, cause I didn't really start listening to music until I was like in my twenties, like getting really into it. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Like my early twenties, I was like, 
what have I been doing my whole life? Like, this is amazing. Uh, you know, I listen to music here and there and I've always been into the cure. Uh, but then I started getting really into like the reintroduction was, was goth shit. And, um, yeah, that's my main genre. But, uh, I mentioned the band earlier, Molchat Doma, they're from Belarus and all of that Eastern European stuff always has a, um, uh, like uh, only a feeling that like being a post Soviet union country can, can give you. Right. And I can't even understand anything that they're saying minus a few words here and there that I've like right. picked up on. Picked up. Yeah. But the music is so it's, it's like when Mexicans listen to Morrissey, like for some reason, right. Mexicans, all of Mexico, they fucking love Morrissey. <laughs> they don't, they don't speak English, but Morrissey, uh. the, you despite, just know, man. Yeah, despite all of his shortcomings, is a hell of a fucking performer, songwriter. And that's kind of how it is with all of the Eastern European music I listen to. Like, I can't understand any of it, but I, I get it, you know? Yeah. There's a... There, I'm really bad, like I said, because I lo- like, I'm a very lyrical-driven person when it comes to a lot of the music that I listen to. So it, it's hard for me when I don't understand it. Um, so I don't tend to gravitate towards anything that's outside of the u.s that much which is probably yeah. short-sighted on my end but <laughs> no nah, um, you, you like some, what you like yeah there are some uh like i don't know if you're familiar with i can't even think of the names of them right now but there's like mongolian like metal yes. bands yep i know what with the, like throw singing and stuff and like that shit i was like on that shit for a minute like hardcore i was like this is the most insane shit i've ever heard in my life it's like it's the primal. fact that they like took like like the mongolian throat singing and then it's just like just sounds like this like it literally to me i was like this is what Genghis khan sounded like when he was fucking coming to kill everyone <laughs> <laughs> yes yes 100 so, it's uh, i i'm 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 big i'm also big on on feeling a, a, a primal like wake up in your in your like there's some there's some music you feel in a different part of your soul where you're like i don't know why but i i, I kind of want to like observe the trees but also murder yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like like when i listen to like um bagpipes i'm not scottish but i sure as fuck want to like march the highlands and go into battle yeah. like I, I i i don't know why it's it wakes up something to me where i'm like i i need to like lift heavy rocks and also fight people <laughs> it's funny that you like i was thinking about when you just said that i feel like there are like a lot of there's instruments that do that you know what i'm saying like you're talking about the, back, the back pops but like i feel like the banjo is another one of those things that, oh like, man a lot of people like it opens up something to them but then i was thinking too like like you hear people talk like a saxophone it's like there's just certain because of the timbre of that instrument, there's like a certain feeling that you get from it. Um, like, I don't think about that with guitar as much, but there's like, I don't know, like, like pedal steel, for example, I feel like it's another one. Like when someone hears a steel guitar, it's like, it's, you know, it's a fucking steel guitar, you know? Um, and then and it evokes some sort of emotion. I don't know. Maybe I'm over it, but it's no, 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 no. Pops and I'm like, yeah, no, you're, you're 100% right. Because I mean, and not to get too metaphysical here, but it was like, it goes back to that whole thing where like every, all of existence is a vibration. Everything has its own frequency that it resonates at at all times. And um, for different people, you know, maybe a certain frequency doesn't hit them the same way as someone else or, or even at all. Um, Because everyone's, everyone's built different. Um, But, you know, there's, there's a reason why like 
you should probably only reserve like if, if you have a song that like makes you want to go berserk mode then you should probably save that for when you're in the gym or in the appropriate setting <laughs> because yeah. if you listen to it too much it's going to lose that that uh, that aggressiveness, that, like yeah, that edge. feeling yeah. where you're like, okay, your body's like, all right, no, I've, I've had this frequency too much. Now I need something else. And uh, that's one of the things I had to learn in, in working out was like, I would find a, like a really hard, like, you know, uh, like a dubstep song or a rhythm song where I like, I'm like, Oh my God, I want to punch a hole in the roof of my car. And then I get to the gym and I listen to it too much and it doesn't have the same effect, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, I sometimes work out in silence like a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, I don't work out at all, dude. Like that is not my working out is not my my thing at all. That's why I was like, man, I really hope you just talk about working out because I'm gonna have nothing to say. <laughs> oh no, man! No, see, like, it, that's that's one of the things I love about doing the podcast and finding finding guys like you and 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 also uh, people in the strongman community. I didn't even know is like I can compartmentalized my interests so I don't uh, annoy my wife so much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I feel that. (laughs) Well, you were talking about, like you said, oh, well, you were talking about the the bag pop thing. It's like, it kind of made me think, start thinking about like, there's a lot of like, when you start getting into more traditional style, like folk music and I mean, all over the world, there's a lot of shit that has like just drone shit, like Backpops are a drone instrument or like the Mongolian throat singing stuff. That's like a droned out single note that they're like, you know, kind of waving back and forth. And, and there's a lot of, I mean, like Middle Eastern chanting stuff is very like drone oriented. I don't know. It's like, it's kind of what you're saying. Like there's just energy there. And obviously our ancestors had tapped into it to some extent. And then when you see the music that comes out today, it is very like fast. You know, it's like all this stuff's hitting you all yeah. the time. Like all these things are going on and you got to add all this stuff and layer in all this shit on these songs to make it sound bigger. And like, I don't know, maybe we lost something along the way, dude. I, I think we 100% did. And man, oh, my, my brain is going a million different ways right now. <laughs> um, but so with the, um, with the droning, uh, I, there's a, there's a uh, black and sludge band. Uh, it's a one man project that I, I've, found through a a website like it's called seasons of mist and i was like i want some like analog black metal and Mm -hmm. uh because you know it's it's cool to listen to like mayhem on on spotify but nothing compares to actually putting on death crush um and uh so i found this guy uh aln does a um uh one man project called mesmore and mm-hmm. I picked up just a random, I was like, wow, that, that cover looks cool. I'm going to try that out. And it was like, you know, 15 bucks. And right. um, I loved all, I loved the entire album. And I found an interview. Uh, did you see the episode I did with um, Grayson Carpenter? If, when you were scrolling through the episodes? I don't, I don't think so. So so he does a podcast called uh, beans and breakdowns and his tagline is bridging the gap between uh, heavy metal and specialty coffee Uh, (laughs) or heavy, heavy music in general. Cause he does all he he's in a, he's in a death metal band called Chuzo. um, Mm -hmm. But he also listens to all hardcore and also really loves coffee. And I'm like, Hey man, we're, we're two peas in the same pot here. (laughs) Um, 
but he actually got an interview with ALN and oh, uh, he actually ALN listens to this uh, super avant-garde person. I have the album saved. And if you want, I'll, I'll send it to you if you like droning. Um, but the guy recorded this whole album on an accordion. And if you listen to it, you would never know when it's an accordion, but it's just long sustained notes where you're like, I don't know why this is putting my mind at such ease to have right. this Dude, one note all the time. Um, I don't want to lose your train of thought, but like, I feel like <laughs> I don't listen to that much black metal, but the black metal that I do listen to, it does that for me. Like, but then I can let go listen to some classical piece and I will get the most pissed off dude like i'll be like man i'm fucked i'll be like man fuck this shit you put some black metal on i'm like we vibing out here like just give me some dude like ah! just like on the guitar i'm like ah, we cool <laughs> yeah i so i tried to explain it to my wife she thought i was like putting on a character and and like trying to present myself a certain way but i would put on like dark throne or uh uh something like that like yeah. while, I, while i was grilling like it's it's the middle of summer, the July because yeah. the sun sets in my backyard, so it's hot as fuck. fuck and, I, yeah. and I've got some Norwegian dude in corpse paint screaming in my ear. Yeah. And I'm flipping steaks around or chicken, whatever I'm doing. And it's just like it's putting my mind at peace. And right. she was like, What like why do you listen to that? And I'm like, I don't know. To me, it just makes sense. Like while I'm grilling yeah. and I look out at the fresh cut yard. I'm listening to black metal and it yeah. makes me really happy. And she's like, are you faking this? Like, is this real? I'm like, <laughs> no, I swear to God. Like it's, it just makes more sense to me. Like, like you said, like classical pieces, there's a time and a place. And yeah. I have, I have classical pieces that I like to listen to that will make me cry. That'll make me super happy. And I can't explain it, but like, it's, I don't know. That's probably not to like toot my own horn, but one of my most favorite things about myself is how I can place my music for certain moods. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, my definitely my go-to like hot myself up is like trap music. Like I'm, I'm a yeah. huge young Jeezy fan. Like I love Jeezy. I have a Jeezy tattoo. Like, um, but like I throw some Jeezy on man and that shit like gets me hopped up and it's like, I don't, I can't even hardly relate to the shit, half the shit that he's, talking about but it's like it just just something about that like getting it out of the mud feel you know it's like he was yeah. from the bottom and like now it's not you know and like there's something about something about it that shit just gets me like super hopped up i don't know what it is that's that's funny that you bring up jeezy because my son he most my five i have a five-year-old and a two-year-old and and uh my five-year-old is is very into music and he um he pretty much listens to what I listen to and he's kind of picked his favorite. Well, I don't really like that, you know, or I do like that or, you know, whatever. And so he's playing skate three one day and uh, I put on, came on mm -hmm. and he was like, dad, this is my favorite song on here, which surprised me because you got joy division on there. Uh, you've got pixies, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny to me that like, we don't really listen to rap. And uh, except for like, you know, like Kanye, because, you know, there's quite a bit that he can listen to by Kanye. That's appropriate, uh, appropriate, quote unquote. Uh, but uh, 
So he puts that song comes on and he's like, dad, this is my favorite song on here. I don't know why, but like when I hear it, I want to skate really good. And like, I don't know. It just, it just, it just makes me feel cool. Yep. And yep. I was like, dude, I totally, I completely understand. There's, there's songs that make me feel cool too. Yeah. 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 No, like that, that, the album that that song is on is like probably hands down. It would be in my top five records, like the recession album by Jeezy. The first one, hands down. I could probably wrap that whole album if you turned it on right now. I'd play. I could wrap the whole whole thing, start to finish, dude. Isn't isn't it funny the sort of stuff? Because like I also have like um like Tyler the Creator's uh, Wolf album is in my top five. But if you look at like any of my Spotify stuff, you would never think that I listened yep. to that at all. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like well, Jeezy dropped a new he dropped a new record this year, so I was like hardcore on it. But that was uh. Jeezy was my number one. I was in the top 0.01% of listeners for Jeezy this year on Spotify. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, man. I fucking love young Jeezy, dude. That's really funny. I would never, I would never guess that. Uh, it's funny that it's like my top, my top five were Jeezy, uh, the game. I love, also love the game. Uh, Tyler Childers, Lucero, and Drive By Truckers. Like no metal bands, none at all. That's that's really really funny because I would never I would never peg a sludge guy to listen to no Jeezy or or the game. Oh dude. They're dude, both they're uh, both from down south though, aren't they? No, the game is from LA. Um, oh man, I didn't know Jeezy that. Is, yeah, Jeezy's from Atlanta. Uh well he's technically from Macon, but Atlanta is like what he claims. Uh right. Yeah. So I think there's a there's like also some nostalgia to the Jeezy stuff, but like I listen to it when he puts out new stuff, man, like the new record that he just put out might be like my second favorite album that he's had. Like it's just, it's kind of throwback and classics like him and DJ drama. And it has kind of like that mixtape feel where there's like that, like do 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 type of like trap music stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's Damn, like, it son. Kind of stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, so yeah, but the game is from LA. He's from Compton. So, uh, oh, but that's also unfo- that's like, unfortunate. <laughs> uh like there's this dude grip from atlanta that's really good um that i like him i like his stuff a lot uh my buddy turned me on to him recently it's kind of i i hate i know it, he probably has here's the shit all the time but it has like outcast vibes but not like he's like an actual lyricist and it's not just like um you know just whatever not that there's not lyricism in the other stuff but you know what i'm saying it's more of that like hey, yeah crap. like more tyler the creator like you know that type of i don't know i call it heady rap that's uh, that's i don't know if there's oh, an actual word for it but <laughs> I, I miss i miss old tyler the creator back when he was like a satanist <laughs> now he's <laughs> not that i have a problem with it but now he's all all gay and stuff and that's cool uh, gotcha. but his um, his music I, vibe switches up <laughs> gotcha I don't, i've never been a like the only song i think i've listened to that he is really on well besides well maybe I don't know. He had a song called, uh, but he had a song with, I'm pretty sure it was with the game. It was like Martians Goblin vs. Goblins. Yeah. 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 yeah that's that's like a great song. song. I think. Yeah. Um, they had it up like, and the reason that the game was on my top this year was because he dropped a new album like into last year. And I pretty much listened to it for like five months straight. Like that was like the only thing I was listening to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get in modes like that too. And then I'm like, oh, now I'm kind of sick of this. 
Yeah, I know. Same. And then when my Spotify rap came out, I was like, oh, yeah, man, I forgot how much I love this song. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's uh, I've played my 2022 top songs playlist for like three days. Oh, dude. Dude, I haven't stopped listening to it since I dropped. Like, I've just been like, you know what? I'm just going to throw this on because it's just it's all it's just hitting. All of it's just hitting, you know? Yeah. Like Um, I was I I went through a big phase this year where I listened to uh, a lot of skate punk. Oh, nice. Like all the stuff like you, off, like like, you, Go ahead. I was going to say, like, U.S. Bombs? Um, Like, like, uh, like Alkaline Trio, mm, uh, like, mm. no, no effects. Um, yep. Stuff yep. Like, like, basically, what, whatever was on the Tony Hawk games, and like, then I, would, <laughs> I would expand on all of that. <laughs> <clears throat> totally. But, For sure. Yeah, and then, like, sometimes I'm like, man, like, well, I want some shoegaze, so I'll, I'll throw on, you know, uh, some softer, I say softer, quote unquote, uh, Deftones. Uh, but I didn't realize I, I'm not a Deftones fan, so I didn't realize they could be. Uh, I'm also not a shoegaze fan. It's I, I I am shoegaze, but I get so sick of listening to uh, my my bloody Valentine. Like I started, <laughs> I started saying, "Don't play that shit" on, on my playlist because it's like it's it's all it's kind of like uh, for some reason when I would put on like a post punk playlist, it would put on. Fugazi's waiting room, and I'm like, "Oh my fucking god! Stop trying to play this." I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. That is like I could see why it was it was putting that on there. Have you ever listened to? I think it's called Egg Hunt. So the Ian McKay, who was the least, I think he's the least singer for Fugazi too, but he was in Minor Threat. I don't know if you knew that or not. I Um, did not know that. That's surprising. I like Minor Threat. Um, he's the lead singer. Ian McKay is the lead singer for Minor Threat, and he's in Waiting Room. I know that's him singing the vocals. I think he might have also played guitar in Fugazi, but um, he, he there's another group that he did like a side project called Egg Hunt, and I think you would probably like that. It's almost Fugazi s, but it's not. But it has some of that like post punk vibes to it, and it's they only did like two songs. There's like a two songs uh, EP that they did. Um, but and they came, it came out in like '86, but it's called Egg Hunt, and I never heard of it until recently. And then I was like, "Oh shit, this is badass!" I'll have to check um, that out because I, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Waiting room is the only no I know, or the, the only song I know by Fugazi, and I'm like, "Fuck, I don't even like him anymore." No, I mean, I, I'm not a huge Fugazi fan. Like, I love Minor Threat, and when I found out that Ian McKay was in Fugazi, I was like, "Oh, I'm probably gonna love this." And then I was like, "Oh no, this is nothing like that." But I was also like. <laughs> 16 and like i want fast pissed off i don't yep. want this like oh, hey, oh, hey, oh hey. Like, yeah it's, like, it's it's funny that you bring up uh an old punk band or an old hardcore band like minor threat because um people kept bringing up like henry rollins and i was like oh uh like they were like yeah you know henry rollins from like the henry rollins band and i'm like you mean like henry rollins from like black flag black flag and they're like they're like oh I don't, I don't know anything about Black Flag. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't know like, about Black Flag? <laughs> like, it's, it, it was, it, it was like that split though, dude. Like people that are like Rollins band fans and then people that are like, I'm not a Rollins band fan. I like Black Flag, but I, I like Greg Ginn's guitar. Like that's why I like Black Flag is like, it's that perfect combination of Rollins and the, and his guitar. Yeah, um, but, but then also when the Black Flag shit, it's like, I don't know if you know this, but they've had like three, before Rollins, there was like, the Keith Morris from the Circle Jerks, and then there was uh, another guy, Dax, I think, or Dex. And then people get all like, "He was the best. He was the best." For me, 
the black flag damaged record is like that's in my top five too like hands down that that damaged record is for sure but keep going man sorry I, I, oh, no you're okay you <laughs> no 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 um <laughs> it's the only reason i know that black flag went through different singers is because i listen to no dogs in space uh on spotify and it's a uh it's a music history um podcast by the same oh, guys right. that, that do like a uh, last podcast on the left oh shit nice yeah it's uh, uh marcus parks and his wife do the podcast and uh it's i've i wouldn't know half the shit i know about music if it was not for that podcast <laughs> like it's I, I i moonlight as somebody who knows a shit ton about music but i owe it all to marcus parks <laughs> like, uh, like Dude, I, I feel like i was, go ahead go ahead Oh no! I was just gonna say I've, I've discovered so many bands that I otherwise like Gary Newman and 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 Martin Rev. Like I would not know those guys if it was not for that podcast. Gotcha. Um, I it, it uh, I'm like a music nerd, man. Like I, I sometimes I think about like I think we all have this like thing that we nerd out about, and mine is music, dude. Like I I consume so much music and love just like history and where things came from like how we got to this i read this quote one time i can't remember who it was it was like i was like reading i think it was I, it's funny i brought up the u.s bombs i want to say it was i can't remember what the u.s bombs lead singer's name is right now he was a famous uh skateboarder though anyways i think it was a quote from him and he was like they asked him like what do you, what would you do if you could go back and change like your music journey essentially and he, it was a quote that was like, I wish I would have listened to my influences, influences instead of listening to my influence. And I was yeah. like, I, ever since I read that quote, I always, when I find a band, I'm like, what inspired them? And then I start going down that rabbit hole of like, that's essentially how I got the old time music was like, I'd find somebody that I really liked. I don't know, like Tyler Childers, for example. And it's like, all right, well, where does his, where does that inspiration come from? And then, you know, like, well, when I got into Hank Williams, like I got into Hank before I got into Childers, but it was like, well, what was he listening to? And it's like, oh, the Carter family. Oh, okay, well, what was the Carter family? Oh, there's like this whole other genre of music that was going around in the 1920s that nobody talks about that was like extremely influential on like modern country music and to some extent modern rock music and like all this crazy shit. Um, so yeah, but like I nerd out on that shit. I'll just go down rabbit holes, man. Uh What's what's yeah. always really funny to me is when you get into the guys that were making music in like the late sixties, like you, you know, you get into like the Stooges or you get into the Ramones or you get into, you know, or you know, any anybody uh around X, that germs, like those like bands from that era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's really insanely hilarious to me how many guys were like, Yeah, the Beatles were influ were like they were influential to me. And everyone, so then everyone's immediately like oh yeah, fuck yeah, the Beatles are like the best band ever because it inspired all these people. But if you go back and listen to what they're saying, they're like, yeah, I saw them on the Ed Sullivan show and I saw how all the girls were super horny for him. So it wasn't that <laughs> it wasn't that they were like, oh my God, I want to hold your hand is the most revolutionary song ever. It was, I want to fuck. And yep. so I can, I can fuck if I become a, a famous musician and fuck right. Iggy Pop did. Yeah. Well, that's like, I mean, dude, even you talk about the, uh, I'm not a Beatles fan and I'm neither am I. So you can talk whatever, whatever we, 
get into the whole like we me and my wife were just talking about this the other day like we were just we had we were in an uber ride and the guy was playing the stones and so we were just talking about how the stones are substantially better than the beatles um at least for me and way more influential the stones are more influential on me than the beatles but also me and the stones have very similar influences like the stuff that keith richards listened to and the stuff that he really liked like i like the same that same stuff but dude, all the Beatles were were like the Justin Bieber's of the fifties. They one thousand percent. God, san- they sanit they sanitized black music like rock and roll. Like they sanitized Chuck Berry to fit in a nice little package that all the little teeny boppers would like. And they, you just put these haircuts on them and put them in these suits, and they just whatever. And then we're just gonna as the culture shifts, we're just gonna keep shifting them. So then now the hippie movement's happening, and John Lennon's protesting whatever dumb shit that he's doing while he has a maid clean his room about how the working class needs i don't know don't get me on that shit but like they just they, all they did throughout their whole shit was just change to whatever the record labels wanted them to do and it's like i don't think that they were actually fucking innovative they were just doing whatever like they were the mainstream version of the underground culture yes like, uh, man so oh oh god damn i can't man <laughs> so <laughs> So uh, I know there's people that are if, if any if anyone listens to this they're probably going man fuck that dope scum band they don't like the Beatles but like hands down <laughs> Beatles never influenced shit that I listen to or the person you know you know who else like, doesn't like the Beatles the 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 uh, creator of Studio Ghibli so uh, and everybody loves Howl's Moving Castle <laughs> um, <laughs> like I again it's not that I don't think that they don't have their place it's like I'm never going to put a Beatles record on. Never. That's so not gonna happen. The only reason I did ever put I have one Beatles record and it is the White Album, and it is only because that's what Charles Manson listened to. When, <laughs> and he and he was like, We gotta start a race war. Yeah, this one's going up. <laughs> uh yeah, man. That, I, I posted a picture of a of a John Lennon little poster that was in the album, and I was like, This is the face of an absolute piece of shit. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, my God, no, da, 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 Like, you know, all the all the Beatles bandwagon. I, I don't think they actually know why they like the Beatles. It, I think they like the Beatles because yeah. they've been they've been told to like the Beatles. And right. um, so that also, I think it also led- depends on when you're exposed to it. Like, my oh, wife likes yeah. the Beatles, but we don't look like we never listen to the Beatles in the house. Like maybe one song, you know, it's like a song's on her, on her playlist or whatever. But like she listened to it for her. It's nostalgic for like her and her dad listening to the Beatles. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That so then that's, that's the place I wasn't raised on the Beatles. I was raised on like corn and red hot chili peppers. Oh. See, so I was raised on like AC, ACDC and a lot of Conway Twitty. So, <laughs> Oh, and, and uh, Tracy Chapman. Oh, nice. Yeah, Who yeah, is yeah. the shit? Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, like, there's a lot of nineties country growing up in my house. So I was like fucking uh, Travis Tritt, Alan Jackson. My mom was a huge Kenny Chesney fan. Like I know, I know way too many Kenny Chesney songs than <laughs> I, than probably a thirty-year-old man in a sludge metal band should know. But uh. I have not heard the name Kenny Chesney in so long. Oh my god! <laughs> um, but so on that Facebook post, you know the people who love the Beatles, you know, unironically or whatever, however they want to put that. Um, it also goes into the fact that uh, he was a USSR sympathizer. And now the USSR has become cool again. And I'm like, how is this happening? Like there's guys in there talking about like this one guy actually said the USSR was unironically cool. And I'm like, do you understand that in the USSR reign, like people ate their own kids. They were so hungry. Uh, I'm like, holy shit. We'll we'll agree to disagree. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm definitely one of those. I'm not going to be like the USSR, that everything has its faults, but I am like, fuck John Lennon, because he was just a rich fucking kid. That oh, yeah, no, no, I, I, no I, I, on, like. I cannot stand John Lennon. <laughs> I fucking can't stand that guy. Like, it's he was a woman beater. He was, he, oh. Yeah. I mean, he was, it, yeah, it, that one, it, I'm not even, to be honest with you, I don't, it's not, like, it doesn't even take up any space in my mind because I'm just like, the only song that I like by him is, is Working Class Hero. And I like the lyrics of that song, not because he wrote it. I'm like, it's just a good song. That song's a good song. The lyrics are a good song. You still create good art and be a shit person, but I, most of the time I'm not, I'm probably, I don't know. I, I have this big thing about redemption, man. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't let people redeem themselves. Like in today's society, like a lot of people don't allow other people to have redemption. Like you don't, you, it's automatically when you fuck up, you fucked up, you're done. You can never be like, you can never make that right. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah, that's, that's something that we as humans should not do to other people. We should allow the room for redemption, but obviously if the person keeps doing the shit that they, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's caveat to it, but like, I feel like there's a lot of times people don't let, like I said, there's just not no room for redemption. Um, and I try to use that when I think about like, was someone a piece of shit? Probably like, is the song good? Yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of people, especially when you get to that mega stardom, they're probably all fucking assholes, dude. Like, oh, 100%. you have to like, <laughs> uh, Lou, Lou Reed is a dickhead and people love the Velvet Underground, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> It's, um, it's, so, yeah. it's it's recently and you get mixed, mixed reactions some people agree some people don't uh i can't stand kanye west as a person i think the shit that he's saying right now is absolutely ridiculous and um he's digging himself such a deep hole yeah. but i i'm not going to stop listening to his music because i'm like it's just so good yeah i have a friend that's the same way He's like a huge. He's, I, every time someone brings up Kanye West, I automatically think of him. Like he, that's who I affiliate Kanye West with. And like, I know that he's like, God damn it, dude! Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you yeah, know? It, and like, it's, it's hard. Because, to be like, a he Kanye loves fan. his old records, man. Like he cut he, like those records, those first re- few records and stuff were just like super influential on him. Like, and it's hard to just be like, fuck this, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. With Kanye stuff, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's all just mental health stuff, man, and not having real people around you. Like, not I, I, imagine you are that famous and you have yes men around you all the time, and yeah, you've had your you lost your mother that was a huge influence on you. Your marriage fell apart, and you don't understand why. Like, people are just telling you, "Oh, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine," and like, I don't know, man. I think it's it's almost like a Britney Spears thing where like. I don't think he has the right people around him to like rein him back in. And so like, I agree. Yeah, it's sad, dude. Like, <clears throat> I, I don't think that he is like, I think it's a mental health thing, man. Um, or yeah, also, I, it's just I, I don't think he knows curse. what he's saying. <laughs> I don't think like, so either. I think he's like legitimately like, there's like, he needs to be on some medications. Like, if, just, and so his whole, his whole beef with Pete Davidson dating Kim Kardashian <laughs> Uh, Pete Davidson did a did a little segment on SNL. Where he was like, Kanye is saying that he's off his meds. You know, he oh, this is the real me. Take him. You'll be better for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially if it's coming from Pete Davidson, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, man. <laughs> like, if Pete Davidson is like, bro, like I'll I know that you know, like 
I'm with your ex-wife, but like, get some help, dude. Like yeah, what man. you're doing right now, you just need some help, bro. Like, I'm not even mad at you for like the shit that you're saying. Like, please just get some help. Like, uh, I remember yeah, he Kanye made a song with the game and in the video, he killed Pete Davidson and all these people <laughs> are like, Oh my God, Kanye, this Kanye, that. And I'm like, he's going to murder Pete Davidson. Everyone's going to be like, who saw this coming? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Everybody like he fucking metaphorically that, murdered the guy. To be honest with you, I think I, I chalk it up as the Kardashian curse, man. Like, Oh yeah. Like dude, that whole family eats people alive. Like, yep. Um, like, even even the I patriarch of the family, he's dead yeah. now. Yeah, like it, I, I don't know. We we all offer joke about it, and I guess someone had told, like a kid had told one of her friends or something, and was like, "Are they aliens?" And I'm like, I, to be honest, I don't know. I don't know, dude. Like all I know is like every time they marry someone or dark dating someone, if they get if they break up, that motherfucker is like. He, there's some crazy shit's gonna happen to them like and i don't know maybe they are aliens they got uh, some aliens in the terms of how well they can relate to the common populace oh a, a great a hundred <laughs> yeah definitely yeah there's no there's no debating that uh so um but like even like wasn't there i don't really know enough to know but wasn't the dad the oj simpson lawyer yes yeah he was one of the lawyers right. Like, dude, their whole, like, what what the fuck? Like, that's one of the biggest trials in American history. And it's like, they're affiliated with that. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's, and then it's like, every, like, still, we're still talking about the same fucking family this many years later because yeah. one of their, like, people that got eaten alive by them is like off saying some crazy shit. But it's like always there. Like, even with Lamar Odom, like, same shit happened with him. It was like, he got out of that relationship. Motherfucker starts doing crazy shit, and everybody's talking about the Kardashians again. We well, fuck. We're talking about the Kardashians right now. Exactly. <laughs> it's 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 very unfortunate. I uh, I I can't stand the entire family. I'm like, they're not even. They don't even do anything. They just know famous people who actually do yep. stuff. Yep. 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 Man, I don't even know how we got. How do we? Oh, you were talking about Kanye, and I was like, man, he doesn't. You got to eat up, spit out, dude. Come after dope scum next. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's going to happen is there there are Jews in dope scum, and that's why they don't like me. (laughs) That's far from far from the truth, man. The Scotch Scotch Irish runs too fucking deep in this point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, hey, I. uh, I, uh, I really enjoyed having you on, man. Um, yeah, man. Uh, if you want to tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram. Yes. Um, it is at Dope Scum. Uh, and Scum is spelled with a K. So at D-O-P-E-S-K-U-M. Um, also Facebook. Uh, all of our stuff is on all the stream- streaming platforms. Uh, Spotify, uh, Apple, Amazon, all of that. Um, and we just dropped the new single Folk Magic uh, mid-November um, and I'm assuming that's what caught your attention uh, so definitely check that out um, and yeah I mean like a bigger thing to do if you want to really stay like up to date on what's going on or when we drop like merch and stuff would be follow us on our band camp uh, to like check out our band camp uh, for any merch but as far as being in the know for coming 
to town. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, we usually post all that stuff there. So um, we are playing in Chattanooga on the 30th, and then we have a couple dates in January booked. So. Awesome, man. I, I really appreciate it. And everybody, yeah. seriously, go check out all their music. Super unique, super awesome. Uh, I, I really enjoy our guys' music. Yeah, thanks, man. I had a lot of fun just uh, shooting shit. So, yeah, man, absolutely. And hey, we'll we'll, we'll do this again in a, in, a, in a couple months or however long. <laughs> <laughs> For so, sure. Once we, once we get a novel ready, we'll I'll, we'll we'll do a round two. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully <laughs> hopefully it, you guys uh, I, I can see you guys live at some point. Uh, yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm like, not that far we, from Chattanooga. Yeah. Well, we we got a spot in Murfreesboro that we've been hitting up a lot lately. I don't know how far that is for you, but oh, shoot, there's I, a really I, cool punk hour and a half. Gotcha. There's a really cool punk house in Murfreesboro, and there's a really good scene in Murfreesboro right now of like punk bands and stuff. Um, and those people are super. Just all of them are good people, man. They treat us well. So, well, if, if I don't get a chance to come out to Chattanooga uh, before you guys play Murfreesboro, I'll definitely see you in Murfreesboro. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on. You have a nice rest of your day. Yeah, you too, man. See you. Talk to you later. Bye.